Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Genius. Today's genius is someone I've been following for quite some time now. Um, Felena Hansen is a longtime entrepreneur and marketing maven. Her latest venture, Hera Hub, is a spa-inspired shared workspace and community for female entrepreneurs who need a productive, professional place to work on a flexible basis. She's built four successful locations and has now franchised the business and is expanding across the United States. Her next goal is to support over 20,000 women in the launch and growth of their business via 200 Hera Hub locations over the next five years. Super, super exciting. Welcome, Felina, and thank you so much for chatting with me today. Of course. Happy to be here, Summer. So you have a really phenomenal background and story. Um, you talk a lot about perspective and how important it was to your career. You had an incredible shift in perspective when you were 22 and in a near-fatal car accident. Can you talk to us about perspective and how it's been instrumental in your life and how it can help others? Of course. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people that I've spoken to since uh, that happened just a few years ago um, have really relayed the same perception, so to speak, um, in that sometimes near-death experience can really wake you up. Yeah. (laughs) And that's certainly what happened to me. Um, Yeah, at age 22, was uh, hit by a fire truck in an intersection. They ran a red light uh, right here in San Diego, in fact, and I didn't see or hear them coming. Um, and I broke 27 bones in my arms, legs, and face. Oh I have gosh. significant titanium, like plates in my face, rods in my arms and legs. You name it, I've I've pretty much broken it. Wow. And um, yeah, it, uh, it certainly was a wake-up call, to be frank, of you know, what, what am I here on this earth to do? And I don't, I'm not going to say that you know, I woke up in the hospital a week later and you know, I had all the answers of what I, what's my purpose and what am I here to do. It certainly took several years of discovery beyond that, but it certainly was that initial wake-up call. And I'll just add to that of a few other experiences that I continued to go through in my 20s that really have led me to what now I call that wake-up call is, if you will, is you know, going at the time I was working in a, an outside sales role. I moved into marketing once I recovered from that and worked primarily in the startup community. Okay. Um, and basically the short of it is got laid off three times by the age of 30. I, (laughs) two of the companies I worked for sold, one ran out of money. And, uh, that was yet another wake up call for me to say, all right. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Frankly, my father, when I graduated from high school and neither of my parents graduated from high school, I mean, excuse me, from college and, my dad said, I've saved some money and you can either start a business or go to college, which is totally up to you. It was not a focus in our family. Right. I knew I wasn't smart enough or had enough experience to start a business right out of high school. But by age 30, it was kind of, it's my time. 
So I um, took that perspective into launching a business and uh, over the course of eight years, really building a position to help other women who wanted to start and grow their business through organizations like Ladies Who Launch and a few other groups that I uh, started leading. Um, and, and from that experience really brought me to where I am now in launching Hera Hub, um, the shared workspace specifically supporting female entrepreneurs. That's so amazing. I love that. So, um, what was it specifically about women entrepreneurs that you, that you had a passion for? Because, um, it sounds like you had some, some kind of contrary reactions when you told people that you were going to start this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I get all kinds of reactions from folks. It's like, well, why would you segregate? You know, aren't you, you know, putting us back into a, you know, a a position where we're we're really looking at men and women differently? Um, First off, Hera Hub is female focused, not exclusive to women. But what I like to say is we built a community, we've built a platform that women are attracted to. So, the aesthetics of the space, uh, it's a spa-inspired workspace, as we now call it. It's beautiful. It, it smells good. Yep. And it looks good. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, there's fresh flowers and running water and soft music and nice lighting. And, you know, a, a space that provides a platform for somebody to have a productive workspace, to have a professional presence for their business. And to really have and build a community that supports them as they launch and grow their business. And community and community building is critical for women. And not to say it's not critical for men, because men need community as well. But women are natural community builders. I mean, yes. go back to the beginning of time when men were out hunting and women were, you know, building community, so to exactly. speak. That, that is in our DNA to some extent. And the other side of that coin, Summer, is a lot of the co-working spaces and incubator spaces that are out there are by design attractive to men. Right. <laughs> you know, there's so true. ping pong tables and yep. beer kegs and, you know, it's a very, it's a, it can be a younger mentality, so to speak. And they're great spaces. There's nothing wrong with those spaces. They're awesome. It's just not right for everybody. So I built a space that was attractive to women. Love it. So for for these women um, or for anyone with an idea or a startup or even the goal for business growth in their current business, what do you believe is the first step in reaching those visions? Yeah, I mean, there's it really ties back to having support, frankly. I mean, so many entrepreneurs step into a business idea by themselves. Um, and this kind of speaks to the tech community. A lot of times tech startups will start with a founding team, a sales guy, a tech guy, a, you know, a seed, yeah. seed capital guy. There is more tendency because those are scalable businesses where you are going to need a lot of hands, so to speak, to get it off the ground, to get, you know, to show viability in the marketplace. Women, and of course, there are many women starting technology companies as well, but what we see in the population we serve is a woman who perhaps, you know, has a background as an attorney and wants to launch a solo practice and wants to go out on her own. A woman who uh, has some experience with um, in-home 
care for elderly and Jonna, one of our members who I just got done chatting with before you and I started chatting. Yeah. Um, she has built um an in-home care company where she has, you know, non-acute care providers go into homes of elderly and support them with, you know, light housekeeping or going to the grocery store companion, for example. And it's, you know, it's a scalable business to some extent, but it's not scalable in the way a venture capitalist would look for scalability. And right. so she she needs support. She needs people to help her with, you know, how do I hire my third employee? How do I scale? How do I, you know, bring this into another city? And so we provide a lot of programming and support and, and giving members access to other members who have expertise. Expertise, we call them gurus, um, to really build that strong community that they can they can ask all those questions and find those resources. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Community is so important. It, it, there's nothing it, it, for me, especially with without support. It's it's mm-hmm. so crucial. Um, what else? Something else that's really cool that I saw that you were doing is you have different types of workshops. Like you said, some people are starting businesses. They don't have a whole team. It's just them where it's so nice to have this place that they can go to and ask around because it seems like with a network like that, they're guaranteed to find answers to any problems that they have. There's solutions walking around all of the time. There's there's that support. There's comfort in knowing that that's there. Um, What kind of other workshops and and things do you hold at at the... um, franchises that people can take advantage of or women can take advantage of. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of what we do is all about building that platform and letting the members really share their experience with the community. So we do that through weekly events uh, that we call Business Booster. It's a weekly roundtable discussion on a particular business topic. Okay. Today's Business Booster happened to be about around really streamlining your marketing tactics um, because a lot of entrepreneurs get very overwhelmed with the number of opportunities out there to market their business. So setting a a very quick action plan for their marketing. Those are one-hour workshops that are member-led that happen in each location once a week. We do a lot of other platform building, again, to showcase experts, tease from members through what I mentioned before, which is our guru hours. That's kind of like office hours with a professor. So for example, today in the space that I'm in, in our Serena Valley space, this morning we had an intellectual property attorney, Barbara Murphy, who um, for an hour and a half just sits there and is, you know, will answer any question anybody has related to uh, intellectual property. Um, we have a technology guru today. So if somebody is having an issue, you know, with software or hardware issues with their laptop or their iPad, they can go and consult with Francine and and get some feedback for free on the fly. Just yeah, I mean, we're here to help, kind of thing. Oh, that's and so then we great. have our cause marketing guru today, who uh, a woman named Renee Zhao. She and her husband have a online platform called Donation Match that helps. Uh, folks that are trying to raise money through silent auctions, nonprofits specifically, okay. connect with companies who want to get their products and services in front of that target audience. So it streamlines and simplifies the silent auction scouting process for nonprofits yeah. and brings that all online. It's oh, a matchmaking wow. service. So 
Yeah, so that's happening. Multiple gurus every day in the space. And then we also have a business accelerator program called Hera Labs. And those are intensive sessions, 16-hour workshops broken up in two or four chunks that really help either somebody um, ideation phase type, uh, really flesh out a business idea and look at the potential profitability and viability of it to helping them strategize around their marketing plan or do their one-year annual planning for their business. So those are just a sample of some of the things that that happen in this space on a daily basis. So fantastic. Yeah, it seems it seems that taking advantage of all of those would accelerate your business as opposed to just staying at home or <laughs> staying at yeah. an office without your team or <laughs> And, and exactly. that's, I, I was going to ask that is, you know, some people might ask, well, it, why wouldn't I just work from home? You know, if I yeah. can, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I just stay at my, in my home office on my couch? Or why wouldn't I just, you know, rent a small little office to myself? And what would you say to that? Yeah. One word, isolation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to innovate. It's hard to come up with new ideas, you know, challenge yourself, challenge your business goals. When you're, when you work for and by yourself, frankly, and I know because I did it for eight years. Right. I had a marketing strategy business prior to this and I worked at home for eight years and I definitely did not grow the business, frankly. I mean, I was cruising along and doing okay, but I was not challenging myself in the way that a business owner probably should. And right. so it's it's that isolation factor and and to your point summer i mean you can certainly go rent an office anywhere there's a million places you can rent an office but for me i'm pretty social right and if i'm just going to go somewhere and walk down a dark hallway and close the door or and not interact with anybody why wouldn't i just be in my spare bedroom at that point right. <laughs> you know why have the overhead and the expense exactly. so Hera Hub really blends, you know, the community building with the professional space because, you know, once you've had your 800th meeting in Starbucks <laughs> with a potential client and, yep. you know, all the chaos that comes with that, um, you realize that there might be a better option out there. Absolutely. So um, you also talk a lot about action. And I've noticed this to be such a roadblock for people when it comes time to take it. <laughs> and especially <laughs> I, even, even, you know, entrepreneurs and people that are, are total go-getters. Um, it's hard sometimes to, you know, I've got mm-hmm. an idea, I've got, you know, a new service or a new product that I want to bring to my business, or I've got a new startup idea. What, what is it that is so difficult? And what do you suggest that people can do to move beyond that and actually take action? Yeah, it's a great question, Summer. I mean, in the inherency of the question is is fear-based, right? right? I mean, we don't move forward because we're afraid of failure. And that's, I'm really excited at what publications like Entrepreneur Magazine and the likes have done over the last, I'd say, really year or so where we're bringing this conversation of failure really into the limelight, so to speak. Right. And of course, it's it's spurred by, you know, Silicon Valley, if you will, and, and tech startups. I mean, there's lots of conversations happening around the fact that a venture capitalist won't fund an entrepreneur who hasn't failed at least once. Yeah. Those are great conversations yeah. to have because 
failure is an, an inevitable in business. I mean, it, it is. I mean, I like to say I fail every single day. Right. But I learn from those failures or mistakes or whatever you want to call them. And I change. I you know try something different. That's that's the inherency of being an entrepreneur. And so action, you know, lack of action. And you're right. I've talked to so many people, so many people that land on our doorstep that say, I had this idea for seven years. Yes. And I'm so mad because I was at XYZ store last week and somebody stole my idea. And it's like, yep, they didn't steal your idea. You didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so again, not to beat a dead horse with the community piece of this, but you know, finding that support is so critical. And, you know, if you don't have a co-working space in your city, that's, you know, a viable option for you, then go to the small business administration, go to score, go to, you know, your local whatever agency that supports long small businesses, you have to be able to have folks in your court, so to speak, that are cheering you on and keeping you accountable too. Because yeah. again, when you're doing it by yourself, it's easy to say, um, you know what, I'm just going to focus on this later. I'm not going to worry about it. You've got to have those folks that are in your court. Yes, exactly. And, and even just seeing somebody, you know, after a month or so, it's it's motivation to be able to to answer positively when they ask, how are things moving along? How's that project coming? Instead of going, oh, well, I didn't really do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think also exactly. um, the great thing about a community like that is is offering different perspectives. Um, sometimes people get so lost in their day-to-day business that when a problem does arise or um, there's something new that they want to do, they can't kind of see the forest through the trees, basically. It's it's like, oh, I'm so lost in this. I don't, I don't know how there's a possible solution. And it's funny how just meeting somebody new or asking them, they can offer a totally different perspective that just makes the light bulb go off and, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. So I imagine that's happening all of the time as well as just opportunity in in general, who who you can meet with, who you can collaborate with. Yep, for sure. So what's happening now? What are some new things happening that others can get involved in? Yeah, so a lot of exciting things um, through Hera Labs, again, our business accelerator program, which has been spearheaded over the last two years through a woman by the name of Sylvia Ma, who is a, an angel investor herself and, in fact, has invested in Hera Hub to get us to the point where we could franchise the business and you know, legally take the steps to, uh, right now we have the green light to be able to franchise in 32 states, for example. She has, um, through her experience as being an angel investor, sees obviously, and the data really, there's been a lot of media around this lately, around what small percentage of angel investor, excuse me, angel and venture capital that what female startups receive. And the quick of the challenge, in my opinion, based on what I've seen over the last couple of years, is there are not that many female venture capitalists. Right. Um, there's a few more female angel investors, um, but the scales are still very, very male-dominated. And so many of my colleagues and friends who have pitched, who've had a scalable idea and have pitched 
in the venture community run into the same challenge, especially if they're pitching. Uh, like a friend of mine, Tanya Maslach, she had a platform called Go Tribal. And it was specifically targeting female endurance athletes okay. um, who also happened to be in business, corporate, so to speak. And these are women that, you know, are have high-level CEO positions and they're running 80 miles a week <laughs> training for a triathlon or whatever it might be. Yeah. It was a very specific community. It was serving women. And she had great traction. She built this amazing platform. She had amazing brand evangelists all over the world. Every time she pitched, most of the folks in the room were men. And they just... The answer she kept getting is, well, we don't quite get it. Yeah. We're like, well, <laughs> probably because you're not a woman, frankly. Right, right. I mean, it's just, you know. And so, you know, the opportunity to pitch to women, specifically female angel investors. So Sylvia is spearheading and, in fact, is at a summit over the next three days here in San Diego for... It's an angel investment summit, but specifically targeting to get more women into these, you know, opportunities to look at female-led startups. So she's launching Hera Fund. She's in the process of bringing together a dozen women who are of accredited status, so to speak. There's a certain threshold you have to have as far as net worth and income to create uh, San Diego's first female-focused venture fund. So that's that exciting. Is so, we have a pitch. so exciting. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we have a quick pitch um, event that's happening in May, uh, later in May. And she put the application up about a week ago and she already has 40 female startups who have applied to be part of that quick pitch session. So fantastic. Um, I love it. Yeah, so we're really excited about that. Hera Fund and Hera Labs specifically. So cool. Oh, I love it. I love it. So um, how? where can we check on the new franchises of Hera Hubs that are opening up around the nation? Yeah, everything's on our website. Okay. It's just Hera, herahub.com. And Summer, if I may, for your listeners, just explain the name a little because I get the question a lot. Yes, please do. Um, so Hera or Hera, however you want to pronounce it, is the Greek goddess of women, and she was said to be very watchful and protective of women at every stage of their life. And so the name seemed fitting for a female-focused workspace. Um, and so that's that's how the name came to be, so to speak. Um, and uh, yeah, everything's on our website. Um, our DC location is like literally days away from opening its doors. Um, it's really, really exciting. I think having Harahub DC be the first location on the East Coast, DC is just such a powerhouse. Oh, yeah. And with yeah. Hillary officially announcing her, right. <laughs> her run for office, there's going to be a lot Beautiful. of attention on women specifically in the upcoming year. So we're really excited. Oh, this is so exciting. I love all of this. Um, thank you so, so much for being a part of our Get Genius podcast. And I'm sure everyone is going to be checking out the new franchises. I know I will be. I'm so lucky to be in San Diego, but I can't <laughs> wait for, for the rest of the country to have access. And we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you so much. Awesome. My pleasure, Summer. 
Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests. 